Well, it is Matt Mosley and Kevin Longquist standing by, former Rangers beat writer. Boy, if he was still in that on that beat, it would be a busy day. Uh, Kevin, great to uh, great to have you on. Uh, before we jump into some uh, AP Top Twenty Five talk, I will ask you a little bit um, uh, about your. You've uh, continued to to follow the Rangers, perhaps not as closely as you used to do that when you were with the Arlington Morning News, Dallas Morning News, and and covering those Rangers. Did um, there's no fair in baseball. There's no fair in sports, and it's. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that things like this happen. Uh, did the timing of this surprise you at all? It, it does seem like the Rangers would like to see how Tony Beasley fares as the interim coach. Did this one, uh, did this move today by the Rangers surprise you? No, I mean, it's, I, I think, but I also think, too, that I never felt like Chris was ever dealt a fair hand with this organization. You know, if you look at the team that he was given last year, okay, and that was probably one of the worst teams in the history of Rangers baseball. My ever rivaled the one in 1973, probably worse than the 72 team, the original franchise. And I'm sure when you but when you stick a ton of money into Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, you know that kind of thing, and you just pretty much fall over your faces. But I'll criticize the Rangers for this. They did not do enough to help their rotation, much less their bullpen, as they were going into the offseason, uh, strike or no strike or whatever you want to call it, you know, from December 2nd all the way through basically uh, what was it, middle of late to March, uh, Matt, when they came back. But, you know, it, it, they did not do enough with the pitching staff that was going to give Chris a fair shot to live the team. And – Obviously, the way they kind of played, you know, the, over the last week or so, it kind of looked like a team that lost the room, you know, like a manager had kind of had lost the room. But at the same time, I think John Daniels, you know, has to look in the mirror too. I think John's had a look in the mirror for about maybe the last six, seven years on how he's poorly constructed this franchise. He's done a terrible job with this team. And I don't understand how he keeps his job, to be perfectly honest with you. Well... I, it's it's a fair question. I like John personally, but uh, it you know the, who knows what will uh, what is on the horizon there. Uh, but By the way, you're all... talking to a very angry Twins fan too, who's seen his team absolutely give up the ghost over the last three weeks too. So and I can think of another man, and I've actually been calling for Vaco Bodelli's dismissal. So, but that's another well, story. The general manager for the uh, Twins is obviously a, uh, was a part of the Rangers organization when they were uh, at their height. And uh, interestingly, uh, he's there. And then, of course, uh, another assistant general manager is over with the Padres. So John Daniels did send people out into the uh, uh, all across Major League Baseball. Now, Kevin Longquist from Rivals. Uh, Kevin, I found it interesting rivals.com you can follow him at at sikkim sports and i love your um I, I like that weekly column what were what were they thinking wwtt um i i can read you can read that on rivals if you are a member uh and kevin to become a member on rivals you just kind of you can go to your uh, twitter handle or you can go to rivals there are several ways to do it what's the easiest way uh to become a uh, a, a card carrying 
uh, uh, dues-paying member of Rivals.com and get all this great information. All right, so you go to www.baylor.rivals.com. You go to the sign-in piece up in the upper right-hand corner of the home page, and it'll walk you through the very easy steps to become a member. I think it's like $8.99 a month, so as I like to tell people, you're basically spending one lunch money uh, if you're out in the, if you're if put the brown bag in for that one day of the month to spend a month with us. You know, I, I, you can always post our interviews up there, and we get huge downloads on your appearances. So uh, feel free to put that behind your paywall and, and entice people even more. I don't know if I have the uh, actually the ability to give you permission or not, but I'm going to anyway. Um, now, Kevin, the, the uh, I, I am uh, I'm fascinated by uh, the, the the fact that the AP Top 25. Now, they'll, they'll sometimes be somewhat like the coaches' poll, but to have it exactly like the Oklahoma-Baylor 9-10 and 10 in the coaches' poll and now 9-10 and 10 in the AP Top 25. Now, the, the Big 12 media picked the Bears to win the conference. The national media, and that includes some of the Big 12, it's just more of a, it's a larger gathering of people. But they, I, I would say, and the coaches, of course, across the country, seemingly the Oklahoma brand is uh, is putting it ahead of the Bears. Uh, did you find that uh, somewhat interesting that the AP poll came in exactly like the coaches' poll when it came to Oklahoma and Baylor? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, sometimes you some. Exception of when they actually are coming out the same day on Sunday during the season, Matt. It's almost like it's they're, they're cheating off somebody else's test when they're writing down the top twenty-five. Uh, essentially, I mean that's not necessarily true, but I think you know in Oklahoma's case, despite the fact that the preseason media Big Twelve poll had with Baylor one and OU two, is you're going to have the national guys that are going to be somewhat removed from the, the scenario like we are. Again, Oklahoma's going through a huge transition. Um, there's a lot of hope that Gabriel will continue their line of great quarterbacks that have come through that program. There's obviously the hope that uh, Brent Venables can, can just carry on the tradition, much like everybody else has done prior to him. Uh, Bob Suits, Lincoln Riley, that sort of thing. I, I think just from that standpoint, that's why Oklahoma gets the benefit of it out as being a blue blood. I mean, that's why people are up in arms last week when the coaches poll came out. Texas, was in it, and people were going, what have they ever done in the last 10 years? But blue blood programs, we can argue about Texas is worthiness of being a blue blood another time, but programs like that just get the benefit of the doubt. Whereas in Baylor's case, now I kind of felt like I even said it back in February or March, is that this team's going to be somewhere, it's going to be a borderline top 10 team because of what they have coming back on the front, and what they have coming back as far as their starting quarterback, who had better ability than what than Gary Bohannon is out. By the way, congratulations to Gary becoming the starting quarterback at South Florida uh, today. But back to that, I just think there were a lot of things that Baylor had going for it that, that ever had everyone considering that they are going to be in this position to be a top-10 team. So it's great respect for Baylor. Oklahoma gets the benefit of the doubt. And it's all great for, you know, just for spitballing and arguing over the water cooler in, our, in August. And by the time everybody kicks off September third, we'll all forget about this and just and go week to week. Kevin Longquist, 
from Rivals.com, at Sikkim Sports, is, uh, is where I like to follow all his Baylor updates uh, on, on all this. Kevin, I found it interesting that um, I like it. You're coming on here congratulating people. Kevin, would you congratulate the Midway girls, the Midway uh, for the Little League uh, Softball World Series Championship? It comes back to Hewitt, Texas, and Midway. Uh, please offer your congratulations to those young ladies. A thousand congratulations to them. It's always great work. When you accomplish something great, no one can take that away from you. Man, I wish you and I had accomplished something great. I'm trying to think back over our careers, but we did. Oh, okay, okay. I'm not, maybe we have. I'm just not thinking of it right now. Uh, Kevin, I am um, curious about. Uh, I want to get your take on the Baylor secondary right now. As you wrote about, and of course I'm revealing things behind a paywall, but you're okay with me teasing a few things, that Al Walcott is banged up right now. He has a he has somewhat of a wrist. He'd been moved into the old Petrie, the Jalen Petrie star position. Snacks back there, uh, Lorando, who had played in, in, in those positions, has been moved to cornerback. Now, first of all, Lorando's, I mean, you talk about a physical, thick dude. We're talking about six feet, you know, 205 pounds. He's a biscuit away from being back there at at, uh, linebacker, and they're going to put him, he's going to play cornerback. What do you think of that move, and and what do you think that says about what Aranda and uh, and Ron Roberts are trying to accomplish back there in the secondary? Two things. When Lorando came to Baylor, and the original thinking was that he was going to play corner. And then when it, as, as everything started to unfold with this defense, I think a lot of people felt like he was going to be the heir apparent to Jalen. And then, of course, he played a little bit there last year until he got hurt. And I think everyone kind of felt like that was going to happen. But, you know, sometime over the summer, I had heard, that, and, it, and it's not necessarily revolution. I'm not the only one who heard this. But I will say that there was this thinking that started to develop that, they might want to put Lorando back there in the corner and maybe move either Al or even Devin Lemire up to that star because you really need a physical corner back there. And the fact that Baylor lost its two best corners last year, uh, it, it really was a case where we really want to get somebody in there who's kind of who's physical, is not afraid of going after the 50-50 ball, and the guy that's just going to work the devil is going to work the field with you and quote unquote create his version of the no fly zone. And I, I'm not surprised by this. Uh, obviously, with Snacks, he's a guy that has all sorts of ability level, and we get to finally see it unveiled. You know, you could say all, but really, we'll get to see it more so in a greater test against BYU on the 10th. And of course, obviously, hopefully, uh, Al Walcott will be back in time. Uh, you know, maybe in a week or so, and then he'll be good to go for Albany, too, with the wrist issue. All right, Kevin. Uh, I was sorry we were running late today, but I'm going to go ahead and get you out on time, somewhat on time, <laughs> and respect your day and your workouts. You're a man who loves a good treadmill. You love uh, you love getting on the treadmill. In fact, sometimes you've come in in the past a little bit winded. Uh, get out there. Have a great afternoon. And then I look forward to seeing you soon. We are getting very close to that first ball game, Albany. What are the Albanies? The Patroons or somebody? What the are the Danes? I think it's oh, the, the Danes. Yes, the Danes. Yeah, that's a dog. I think that is a dog. Uh, yeah. The Great Danes will come into Waco and they will wilt in the heat 
uh, at a 6 o'clock start. Going to be a great crowd for that one. And then, as you said, you got to get ready to go out to Provo. And I'm going to do that. In fact, I've been getting ready by uh, reading the Mormon Bible uh, to get ready for my <laughs> trip out there. All right, buddy, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Matt. Take care. All right. Kevin Longquist. I like it when Kevin is amused by me. Um, all right, Aaron.